Good morning, River Valley. My name is Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca. Yes, you're getting there. This is awesome. Well, I, I get to be a part of this church, and we get to gather today. Come on, right? So uh, today I'm going to be reading out of Acts 8. A little bit of a spoiler alert. It's for tomorrow's reading, okay? <laughs> because we're reading together through the Bible. Amen. And, you know, things in God's Word, you know, if you, rem- I think of how it gives you revelation and reminds you, right? That's what it often does to me. Things that I didn't know or things I needed to be reminded of. And so in Acts 8, which they're talking about early church and what it was like them, what, what they were going through and what the Lord was doing, which, right, can you, can you imagine? I think often in the word you really need to take a moment of what would that have been like for them, right? And so they're just, in 8, they're just coming out of, you know, intense persecution. People that they love are no longer there, are being taken, are being killed. And, and then it goes on to just really awesome things that God's doing, which I think is helpful for us to know because if he did it before, he's gonna do it again, right? It kind of, it helps you kind of expand what you understand in uh, really what God is able to do, come on. So in verse 25, And so it says, so when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. So, you know, there we've got, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and, you know, there the Lord's directing him, right? And he then has an opportunity to listen, right? So, praise the Lord, he does it. He's obedient. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who is in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem, kind of seeing why he was there, right? And then as he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah, you know, which later on explains that he didn't actually know even what he was reading, okay? But so he's reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? Now, so here's, you know, remember, so Philip didn't know him, right? So God's asking him to talk to somebody he hasn't met before. And so he's like, how could I? So Philip's like, okay, well, here's my opportunity. Now, the passage of scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer in silence, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of what whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. As they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip's like, Yeah, nothing, let's go, let's do this. You know, so just really, you know, you're talking about being led by the Lord and God's, you know, Holy Spirit directing you. And come on, we're talking about somebody he doesn't know. He's like, Okay, is able to share Jesus and what he's done. And then he's like, Yeah, nothing stops us, let's go. You know what I mean? Um, Which, and then, you know, I'm going to read this too because talking about the power of God. So he ends his time with, with this man that he's just shared Jesus with and has become born again. And then it says, when they came up out of the water, so just as he had been, you know, baptized, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. You know, like, just know that God's able to do what needs to be done, right? Amen. Okay, church, let's stand. We're going to pray. We're going to worship our Father. Thank you, God. 
Thank you, God, for today, Father. I thank you for loving us and doing whatever needs to be done, Father. I thank you, Father, that you be glorified. Your name be lifted high, Jesus. Amen. Why? Why is he wonderful? Why is he wonderful? For what reason are we worshiping him? For what reason are we saying, you're a wonderful Savior? Well, mainly because he is. That's the, that's the easy answer. But there's reasons for it. There's reasons that he's wonderful. There's reasons that we worship him. Are you ready, Grace? Come on up. Grace asked if she could share a testimony. You can stand if you want. You can sit if you want. Totally up to you. You can jump up and down if you want. Totally up to you. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, <laughs> I don't do this. <laughs> but this needs to be shared. Um, a few weeks ago, um, oh, hallelujah. Um, I was at a friend's house and um, he, he said, I was thinking about you. I, the Lord put you on my heart um, and it's time for you to get healed. Yes, this is a healing testimony. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> he said, it's time for you to get healed. And I was thinking about it. I was, I've been thinking about it for a while, if not a few years, but I just, I didn't know. I, I didn't know if it was I didn't know if it was God's will, and yes, healing is God's will for each and every one of us. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so he's like, can I pray over you? And I'm like, absolutely. He prays over me, and I just know that I know that I am healed. I don't need to test it. I don't need to do anything except accept his healing, and he has healed me. <laughs> Praise the Lord, I am healed. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, if any of you thinks it's not God's will to heal you, I can testify it is, and you just claim that in your heart this morning. It is for you, and he is for us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your healing. Praise you, Jesus, for your healing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why he's a wonderful Savior. Because of what he's done. He, he still heals today. He still heals today. Hallelujah. Does anybody else have a healing testimony? Come on up, Chris. Hallelujah. And there's one more after her. The sooner you get up here, the better. Just you. you did anybody else? Real, real quick, I think that there was, there's three healing testimonies. Doesn't probably look very healed at this time, but the dog pulled my hand into a telephone pole and bent my finger straight back and broke two bones in here and dislocated and ripped the tendon. And when you go in and you're my age, you ask, what should you do? And they say, well, if you were 28, you should do this. But at your age, I'm like, stop it. Stop saying at your age. And I asked him, well, what would you do? And he said that, and I go, well, you know what? I want it fixed. That's what I want. I got a lot of piano playing and music to do. And I cannot have a finger that sticks back like that. And I, I can't have that. And, God shared with me to share this only with people who would believe as I was believing. And I was believing for total restoration of my finger. And um, a man, I don't even know if he's here today, but he saw me like right after this happened and he goes, I feel God wants me to pray for you. And he goes, and I thought, well, he better pray like I'm believing. And he goes, I'm praying for total restoration. I'm like, yes! Because that is what I'm believing for total restoration. So they go in and they put in all these pins and things. And then when I woke up, they go, well, you know how they give you all the scenarios? Well, here's the best case scenario. And then we could shatter the finger and you'll never use it again. Um, you know, so they give you all those scenarios. And I think, 
No, I am believing for the best case scenario because that is my God. That is what he has for me. And I woke up from the, whatever they gave me, woo, and um, they go, well, everything went as absolutely best as it possibly could. Yes. And I am being able to bend it. I mean, there's still this pin sticking out of the end of it, so you can't bend that yet. But total restoration, that is what God wants for us. Total restoration. And if any of you think that you are not an important part of the body of Christ, this little finger affects every single thing I do, for heaven's sakes. It affects my brain. It affects how I use my poor left arm. It has been so ignored all my life. And now it has to do everything. And God just impressed me so much. If you think you are the little finger in the body of Christ and you think that that is not an important job and you neglect to do those things that that little finger is supposed to do, you affect everybody in the body of Christ. You affect everybody. Don't let anyone ever tell you your job isn't important or what you are doing is not important. God has so many big things and if that little pinky finger is not doing what it's supposed to do, it just messes everything up. So you are important in the body of Christ and God wants total restoration for whatever it is that you have. That's his plan. share isn't as spiritual as all that <laughs> but it is because um you know they just said he, he thinks that there's three healing and I'm like well gosh what God put on my heart to share isn't healing <laughs> but I think it is I really think it is um so crazy crazy intro my son Jaden is a senior he plays varsity football and um, a couple weeks ago he tore his AC joint in his shoulder which for a senior, um, the first game kind of sucks a little. And uh, it was really hard to watch. And um, at the same time that was going on, he's had incredible back pain. Back pain that a 17-year-old shouldn't have. You know, I see him laying on the ground and he's in so much pain. And, and then he gets up and he plays and he does whatever. And then he comes home and it's like, I'm the one that has to see him in excruciating pain. And so we went and got an MRI. And uh, they gave us some kind of bad news. They told us that he has a disease in his back and um, he's got bulging discs and he's got stenosis, and which is normally for older people. And, um, you know, he said he can play, but he's gonna have to just know his limits. My, my kids don't know their limits. <laughs> and uh, he said he's gonna have to stop before it hurts. And, um, you know, thinking about that, uh, I didn't think that was possible because my kids, they play and they play everything except for, you know, especially for football. And so fast forward, um, you know, his shoulder, he's got a sully, he's been and playing football still, but they took him out of offense because offense is where he can tackle, get tackled and defense he can tackle the way that he needs to. This last week, they um, lost a, a player he quit on Wednesday and all of a sudden my son was told he was playing offense and he came home and such fear came inside of me because I'm remembering what the doctor said you know um, you know he has to really be careful because getting hit and jarred and all that stuff which is all football uh, could really harm him and uh, so I just I had this immense fear and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and the fear was still there and um Friday afternoon, I didn't have to work. Um, I prayed, like, God, you know, I just need you to heal him completely, fully, because, like, I can't go into every game, like, the way I have, just tense and, you know, every hit, I'm like, ooh, ooh, and Shiloh's there, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's football, it's okay, he's gonna be okay. I've been so, like, scared. And so I felt prompted to message my son, and I said, you know, when you go on that football field, before everyone else is there, I want you to pray. And I want you to pray in the spirit. And uh, he's like, okay. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, 
Like, I'm serious. I'm feeling like God is telling me to tell you this, which he responded, okay. I'm like, all right. And at that point, I just started praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit. And um, God told me as I was leaving for the game, he's like, you pray in the spirit the whole drive to the game, which is like 20, 25 minutes. It doesn't seem like a lot, right? But for someone like me, I'm like five minutes and I'm like, okay, yeah, I feel really good. And so I start to drive and I start to pray in the spirit and instantly there was a distraction. And I'm like, shiny object. And you know, I'm like, oh wow, look at all the damage. And then realized, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. I'm supposed to pray. So I prayed in the spirit. And you know how you kind of have your prayer language and you say the same words? No, weird things were coming out. And like sounds and grunts and um, loud. I was, I was loud in my car and I prayed the whole way there. And I got to the football field and I felt like he said, okay, you're done. And I got out and I, I was there 45 minutes early because that's what football moms do. And I'm sitting there watching and didn't feel the need to pray. Just was really questioning why, like what, you know, was it protection for me to get there? Was it protection for my family to get there? Why was I so intently praying? The game starts, my son scores on offense within the first two minutes and this kid he's fast but this was supernatural fast like like we were all going whose kid is that I'm like he was fast and then another one and you know all these plays were happening and then he got a an inner mm, no a fumble recovery and then he takes it and he runs and he's zigzagging and my son doesn't do that either and we're like what in the world I mean people were turning around going what did you feed him and I'm like I did bring him lunch but I don't know and so we get done with the game and and seeing everyone come up to him and I'm just seeing this this feeling of pride in him and I'm I'm feeling I mean tears feeling immense pride and he comes home after the game and I said, you know, are you hurting? And he goes, no, he goes, my leg's hurting, but my shoulder, my back isn't. He goes, which is weird. And I said, you do know that that was God out there. And he goes, holy crap, mom, I know. He goes, I was running so fast. And he goes, and I was doing things that I didn't know I could do. And so to even know that my 17 year old son knew that it was God. I guarantee he's going to be praying like crazy every Friday. He, he, honestly, I have no doubt in my mind. So healing, I'm believing God to heal him completely and fully because he's playing college football, you guys. This has to leave. Like, I'm not going to go through this for four years. It's got to be gone in Jesus' name. So it is a healing testimony in Jesus' name. And I just, all agree with me because honestly, he's healed in Jesus' name. Thank you. Oh boy. <laughs> okay, uh, this is the first time I've ever done this. Um, uh, Romans 5, uh, this isn't really healing, but um, here we go. Uh, Therefore, having been justified by th faith, we have peace th with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him whom also... We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces pure perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in, in our hearts by the hope who has been given to us. Amen. So do you see what's happening here? You see what's happening here? This is what we've been talking about. If any of you have a, a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song, let them sing it. Come with it to the meeting. If anyone has a testimony, a word of encouragement, if anyone is led by the Spirit, that's what we're talking about is the body ministering. Now, let's judge those four. Let's judge this. You're going, wait a second, what do you mean we have to judge? The Bible says to judge what just happened. Okay, let's judge it. First of all, was it scriptural? Yes. Yeah, totally scriptural. Every bit, everything. Even Jacobius was scriptural. I mean, he just read scripture. 
scriptural. Yeah, that's what the Bible says all this stuff. He heals, he protects, he gives supernatural ability. Absolutely. And there's hope in that. Praise God. You see how it all flows together. That's what we're looking for. When, we, when, we're, when we're flowing with the Spirit, when we're ministering, we're looking for what's God saying here. And we just, we, okay, then, then somebody else goes, wow, I've got something to us. Maybe it's a little different. You notice how everybody kind of said, well, it's not exactly what I was going to share, or it's not exactly what everybody else said. No, but it took us in a direction. That's the Holy Spirit. As He wills, as He leads. Does anybody else have anything? This all ties into what was just being talked about. Um, it's from the Book of Mysteries by Jonathan Kahn. And it's day, it's a, it's a student and a teacher. And this is uh, day 358. And it's called the Pele. We were sitting on the plane where he had previously drawn words and letters in the sand. And he now did so again. It's the word Pele, said the teacher. It means a wonder, something so amazing that you can't do anything but wonder about it. It's the word used in Isaiah's prophecy of Messiah's birth. A child will be born, and his name will be Pele, the wonder. Messiah is the Pele, the wonder. His impact on the world defies natural explanation, and after all the, these ages, he still causes people around the world to wonder over him. But Pele also means the miracle. So Messiah is Pele, the miracle of this world. His birth was a miracle, his ministry was a miracle, and his resurrection was a miracle. Every moment of his life on earth was a miracle. And the word Pele also means too high, too hard, too great, too much. So what does this tell us about salvation? It's above us, I said. It's above our ability to attain. We can't do it, but he can, because he's the Pele. He can do that which is too hard for, for you, even what's impossible. If he's in you, then you have the power to do that which is too hard for you to do, to attain what is too high for you to attain, and to live a life that's too great for you to live. If he's in you, then the Pele is in you, and therefore, you have the power of Pele, the power to live a miraculous life, a life that causes those around you to wander. But for that to happen, you must never forget the first meaning of Pele. The wonder? The wonder. He must be the one who always causes you to wander, to wonder over his grace, to wonder over his mercy, to wonder over the fact that God loves you and the wonder over the fact that you're saved. So never stop knowing him as a wonder of your life and never stop wondering over the wonder of being saved, the wonder of being forgiven, the wonder of knowing his love, the wonder of him. And if it doesn't cause you to wonder, then it's not the Pele. Let him be the Pele, the wonder of your life, and, the life will, and your life will be full of miracles and wonders, and you will become a Pele. So the mission, get back to the Pele, the wonder of his love, the miracle of your salvation, and the power to do the impossible. Scriptural? Was it encouraging? Did it leave a warm, sweet taste in your mouth when you got done? All right, Sam. Um, in 2016, my mom passed away from mouth cancer um, at a young age, 40 or early 50s. And I was adopted from Guatemala in 2006. So I had her for about 
nine, ten years. And I had to do some deep thinking, be like, why, but also, what came from all this? And the first thing that came to my head is this thought of, I remember her one time, bringing home a bag of clothes, just because. And I was like, why? But I was like, okay, cool clothes, awesome. And that thought was her love, and her sacrifice. And so I thought, for 10 years, I had that with me. But I realized that it was God's love poured in her to me. And so then, three months later, I got baptized, realizing that God's love was surrounding me every second of every day and not because of that I can't stop worshiping him not because of that I don't want to hold back and so that's my word of encouragement don't hold back thank you scriptural I won't do this every time. I'm just trying to show the point. Scriptural. Did it encourage you? Did it leave a warm... That, that one's the weird one. Does it leave a warm taste? But is it, does it leave peace? It, does it bring peace to you? That's, that's God. He's speaking. However, you notice who he's using? Each. It isn't about the pastor, although the pastor's about to do something. Sometimes it is the pastor, but it, it, it so far has been each, however the Lord leads. And then, and then God may do something different, may, may take a little bit of a different turn, and we need to be willing to do that. Isn't that interesting? Nika, don't leave, please. No, 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 not because you did something wrong. Through all of worship, Through all of worship, I've been drawn to her, and I don't know why. I mean, I know why, but it was like there's no, no specific reason why. I mean, she just came and sat down in service this morning, but all the way through worship. And the Holy Spirit says that he wants me to lay hands on her. Is that okay? Can I pray for you? Can you come up? Can your parents come? That's why it was, it was interesting because I just I was like, okay, we're going to go into this part. But God has something for her right now. Hallelujah. The Lord, what I heard was I, I heard the Lord speak a word. Can you take your glasses off for a second? Just lay them on the table. This is not about glasses, I don't think, but it is about something else. What I'm supposed to do is okay if I lay my hands on you. This is what I'm supposed to. I saw myself doing this. A new way to see. A new way to see. A new understanding. A new revelation. of how God sees you. Father, I thank you for the anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage. Thank you, Father, for the anointing that opens Nika's eyes to see a new way to see. life, new understanding, new you're going to see things that you didn't know existed you're going to see things 
in the natural, you're going to see things in the spirit, and you're just going to know some things, and you're going to go, wow, why did I ever think like that before? Because this is true. This is true. This is true. And you're going to see it so clearly that you're going to go, wow. You're going to, even, you're going to say to your folks, that's why they're here. You're going to say to them, I didn't understand that before. I hadn't seen that before. Why do I see it now? Because today, from this day forward, you're having a new way to see, a new understanding. The veil is being taken off right now in Jesus' name. That what, that what Satan has been trying to veil your eyes. You will see truth more clearly than you ever have before. It'll be so evident for you, you just go, I, I have to do it different now. I have to live different now. Open eyes, open ears, and an open mind to understand what God's plan is for your life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Is that scriptural? Is it encouraging? Hallelujah. You have one more song? Okay. Turn to John 16. John chapter 16, beginning with verse 13. It's the verse we've been starting with from the very beginning here, talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but, on what, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. Everything that was shared this morning took from the glory of Jesus and shared it. And when, you, when, you, when that is shared, look what happens. Your faith is encouraged. You're, you're encouraged. Things get answered. You know, I don't know for sure what, what, was, you know, what was up with Nika. You know, what, why, but, but she's going to know. It's, she's going to be blessed. Why? Because God wanted to do something in her life. It's to help. God took that from His knowledge and gave it to, through the Holy Spirit to us. Verse 15, all that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Then go over to 1 Corinthians 12. I'm not going to read all of it. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. So he's, he spends uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, and it kind of into 15, talking about the spiritual gifts and we've you can go back to all the the videos the recordings and you can watch and hear all the the lead up i'm not going to go back into all the lead up again but this week we're going to talk about the gift of faith i actually had planned i had actually planned on doing another week of decently in order that's what i talked about last week how are these things supposed to flow and I, this morning i was that's what i was that was my notes that's where i was going to go with it and the holy spirit says you might want to do some other notes and i'm like why i'm trying to figure out why well because he was going to demonstrate this morning that whole part of the, that's what I was going to talk. How does this work? What you saw this morning. You know, Grace came up to me before service. She goes, I don't know where this fits, but she goes, I have a testimony to give. And I was like, ah, here we go. Here we go. You know? And then as different people were sharing, Jacoby walks up. He goes, I have a verse. And then somebody else said, yeah, I've got, you know, how does this work? You, you, you have something, but then you wait for the Holy Spirit to open up that door. And then you'll see why. You'll see why things go in a certain order. You know, it's been real interesting. I've, I've been in meetings where, where someone will stand up and they'll say one word or they'll say one sentence and they'll sit down. And somebody else across the room stands up and then says the second sentence in the paragraph. And then somebody else does the same. And it's just, how, why does God do that? Because it's as He wills. Why does He want to do it? Because it takes faith, it really does take faith to stand up and say one sentence. And if it doesn't fit with anything else, you're going, well, how does this, 
I, uh, this is weird. Why would I say that? Until somebody says the sentence before yours and you go, oh, ta-da, here it is. Well, you don't do ta-da. Okay, don't do ta-da. <laughs> Just get up and give the scripture or give the, give the, the, the word. But it's as the Spirit wills and it's decently in order. All of this was decently in an order. See how that works. You'll know. And, and each time something happened, you go, yep, that was God. That was a blessing. That helped. That helped me. It helps you. you. There was stuff actually happening during this ministry time that I don't even know about. There's stuff that happened in you this morning that maybe answered a question or something somebody shared or a verse. You know, something happened where you go, you know, I, I, here's what the Lord led me to do, but it may be in the very thing that somebody in the back row needed to hear this morning. And it encouraged them or it helped them in some way, as the Spirit wills. But this morning we're talking about the gift of faith. So we've talked about the, the utterance gifts, the gifts that say something, and we're in the middle of the power gifts, the gifts that, uh, that do something, or that, uh, what's, I'm sorry, I'm lost in my train of thought. Uh, power gifts do. Manifest. Yeah, they, something, no, it's not. It's not. I gotta go back in my, my notes. Oh, never mind. Shoot. The, 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 the utterance gifts say something. Revelation gifts, knowledge, spirit of wisdom, spirit is, is the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I was, I was, you guys were all right, weren't we? Okay. See, even sometimes, yes. It is, is we do something. Yeah. This is, we're getting into the part where we're doing something. Oh, hallelujah. I'm caught up now. Okay. The gift of faith. What is the gift of faith? We might say, well, I already, I have faith. I've already, I was, I, I've had faith since I got saved. First Corinthians, uh, sorry. Part of, part of the problem is when you get into the spirit like that, everything else kind of becomes discombobulated. So I'm catching up now. I'm catching up. We're almost there. The gift of faith is a divine gift or enabling by the Spirit of God that causes what is spoken or desired by man or spoken by God to ultimately come to pass. Let me say that again. This is out of the uh, Holy Spirit and His gifts by Kenneth E. Hagin. This is his definition. The gift of faith is a divine gift. It's a spiritual gift. It's not something you just have in your own ability. It is a divine gift or enabling by the Spirit of God that causes what is spoken or desired by man or spoken by God to ultimately come to pass. The gift of faith is a special gift which is given supernaturally by God as He wills. Those who operate in special faith, the gift of the Spirit, can believe God in such a way that honors God that their word he honors their word as his own. Days later, he rose from the dead. Now, what is regular faith or, or the, the faith for salvation? It's you believe what I just said. If you believe what I just said, that is faith. That's all the faith it takes for salvation. That's it. Do you believe that Jesus came to this earth, that he lived on this earth, in the flesh, the Bible says that you have to you have to believe he wasn't just some you know mirage. He wasn't a spirit. I mean, he had a spirit, but he wasn't just uh, he wasn't a, something that was not physically real. He was, that's why he said when he came back in the upper room, he says, "Touch me." He's in the flesh. Do you believe that he came in the flesh? Do you believe he died on that cross for your sins? Do you believe that he rose again? Three days later, and that resurrection, that death and resurrection, it enables you, believing in that, what he did, and it's for your personal sins, that you believing in that, then you are saved. It's with your heart you believe, the innermost man, the, the center of who you are, everything about you, it's with your heart that believes, and it's with your mouth that you confess. So it's important to say, I believe, that, I believe that Jesus came to this earth, died on the cross, rose again, and he died for my sins. That's important. You can, you can think it in your head, you can believe it, but if it never comes out of your mouth, that's not faith. Because, you know, you can think all kinds of things. I think all kinds of things that don't come out of my mouth, praise God. <laughs> praise God. 
But when they come out of your mouth, that takes it to the new level. That's faith. That's, that's the faith for salvation. What we're talking about here, the gift of faith, is something beyond that. It's something higher than that. It's, something more, it's, it's not more powerful because salvation is powerful. Praise God for salvation. But it's, it's the next step that you have a faith that takes you into another position, another uh, situation where you believe something. You, you have a, a gift of faith. It's not something you work up. You know, uh, there's, there's a certain level of times when, 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 when people are healed. When I've been healed, it's because I understood the word says that I am healed, and I believe that word, and I can be healed because of that. That's not the gift of faith. The gift of faith is even something beyond that. I'll show you some examples here in just a moment. So, for example... Um, just because we're led by the Spirit doesn't mean we're, we're walking in the gift of faith. We're walking in faith, but the gift of faith is above and beyond that. All right. Ephesians 2. Go to Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved. This is the salvation faith. You have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, that so that one may boast. Gift of faith is the, the, the faith for salvation is a gift, but it's the gift of faith of the nine gifts is something above and beyond that. All right, so where do we see the gift of faith in operation? In the Old Testament, it's Daniel. Daniel. You know the story of Daniel? Daniel was, was a, a leader in Babylon. He was a leader. He was one of the, one of the, uh, the seers, one of the, the king's advisors. And the other, other advisors were, were jealous of him. And so they said, you know, we need, we need to get rid of Daniel. And, and what was, here, I have a plan. Let's get rid of Daniel this way. We're going to tell the king, because the king's kind of full of himself. We all know that. That nobody should pray to anyone but the king for these number of days. The, king, the only, only person, the only thing that should be worshipped in the whole country is the king. And the king goes, that's a great idea. I think it's a wonderful idea. So nobody should worship, nobody should pray for these number of days. And let's make it a decree that if anybody does, they should be killed. And so, what does Daniel do? Daniel cowers in the corner. No? He didn't cower in the corner. Daniel didn't run off to the woods and, and, and quietly pray. No, he, he didn't. He, he, he didn't you know, I mean, you'd think, come on, man, don't, 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 don't try to say, don't, don't push any buttons. Don't, don't, you, know, take, don't, you don't have to get wild about this. Don't be, don't be such a fanatic. Just don't say anything and they'll just leave you alone. No, what does Daniel do? He goes up into his room, he opens the window. And he prays. Not just once, multiple times a day. Because he's like, no, I'm going to worship my God. That's who I'm worshiping. Do you know that, th- that you, can, you can hide what you believe and displease God? You know, the world can be saying, well, you are just a fool for believing God. And you go, okay, okay, I just, I won't, I, never mind, I won't say anything. No, that doesn't honor God. When the world says you can't worship God, guess what we're supposed to do? Hallelujah! Glory to God. (laughs) Woo! Here we go. We're having a worship night. We're going to come out in front of everybody. Well, wait a second. Why do we want to draw attention to ourselves? I don't know. Why did Daniel want to draw his attention to himself? Because he's not drawing attention to himself. He's drawing attention to... And he's saying, you're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be honored. I'm not going st- to stand here and be, be, be dumb. And I don't mean dumb, duh. I mean dumb, quiet. I'm going I'm to be verbal. I'm going to say that my God supplies my needs. My God protects me. My God heals me. My God, my God has given me gifts. My God has blessed me beyond me. I'm going to talk about it. Why? Because that's what we're supposed to do. That's, you know, like fire, shut up in our bones. We can't keep from doing it. So, was that faith, was that supernatural faith to open up the windows and to pray? No. Thank you, I caught you. <laughs> That's what teachers do. You know, they mess with you. 
That was what he's supposed to do. That's just being, that's just being obedient. The supernatural faith came in just a little while when they took him and they threw him in the lion's den. Now, we're gonna, I'm going to mix the story up just a little bit because I need to put it into perspective. You know, some would say, well, the, the, the lions weren't hungry. We know that's not true, right? Why do we know that's not true? Because the next day, when we find out, you know, spoiler alert, sorry, David or Daniel makes it, and they take him out of the pit, and they throw the other people in there, and before they hit the ground, the Bible says before they hit the ground, they were devoured. The lions were hungry. So why? Why didn't the lions eat Daniel? Why didn't they attack him immediately? Why? Because the Bible says that God shut their mouths. Amen. Can you say that in church? Shut your mouth. <laughs> Apparently we can. Yes. Amen. Faith came when he was dropped in there. And it says, it says in Daniel chapter 6, beginning with verse 23, says, then the king, he, he crawled, called out to Daniel. I'm going to skip a little bit. He called out to Daniel. Daniel says, hey, I'm all right. He, pulled, he commanded that Daniel be taken out of the den. So Daniel was taken up. This is ver, uh, chapter 6, verse 23. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him because he trusted in God. Okay, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So years ago, my wife and I are walking down the street. We're, we're out for a walk, because that's what husbands do on a, on a nice afternoon. And the wife goes, do you want to go for a walk? The answer is, yes, I do. <laughs> Never, say no. Never say no. No, 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 no. He said, yes, I do. I, I would love to go. So we're, we're out for a walk, and we're in southern Minnesota. Southern Minnesota is probably the last place in the world I've ever seen a dog not on a leash. Anywhere around here, dogs are always on a leash, unless they're strays, but they're always, when I, when I grew up as a kid, dogs were never on leashes, ever. They ran wild everywhere. You know, you would, let, not, you would not see your dog for a few days every once in a while. It was great, because they saved on food. It was awesome. They took care of themselves. <clears throat> we're in southern Minnesota, and we're, we, she wants to go for a walk, so we're out for a walk, and we're holding hands. Aww. Yeah. It was wonderful. So we're, we're walking. Is she smiling? Because uh, she knows the rest of the story. So we're walking, and all of a sudden, one of those dogs, because, I mean, dogs, in, you know, where we were from, they weren't always nice little, cute little puppies. You didn't pet every dog you saw. You just didn't, okay? They, you don't do that. Well, this was one of them. And this dog comes out. He's slobbering. And he's, you know, his hair's all bristled up. His tail was straight. It was not wagging. This is not one of those dogs you go, oh, nice little cute little puppy. No, he would take your arm right off, all right? So this dog comes out. And he's coming from this direction. And all of a sudden, I feel my arm go like this because my wife is backing up as fast as she can. And she can't. She can't let go of my hand, which throws me off balance, which I fall to the ground, and now, and she's still trying to drag me across the room <laughs> as she's trying to get away. Now, I, I add this part in. She didn't actually say this, but this is what I heard in my mind. Here, eat him first. That's, that's what I heard. Somebody throws you into a lion's den, what's going through your mind? Oh my gosh. Something happened from the time he was at the top to the time he hit the bottom. Because those lions didn't attack him. And it didn't say, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, my, my mind goes places when I'm reading the Bible. And, I, I, and it, you know, you don't hear Daniel, ah, running around, and the lion's just sitting there. No, it just, he just sat there. As far as we know, they said when they looked down, he was just sitting there in the midst of the lions. Something happened. That's faith. That's supernatural faith. Because if it was me, I'd be, ah! not that I did that day. I don't, I don't, I, I think I was very brave that day. <laughs> what happened? 
it killed me. So, <laughs> just kidding. I survived. And actually, I, 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 I okay, you want to know, I, I wasn't going to tell this part. I yelled, in the name of Jesus, you get away from me, you foul beast. And it stopped and walked away. That's a different story, okay? Get away. I might, it might not have been that eloquent. It might have been, get away from me, in the name of Jesus. It works, whatever works, you know. Maybe it was a little bit of a, oh, God, no, get away from me. I don't know. <laughs> Moving on. That's a supernatural faith in that situation. In the Old Testament, you, you see this all the time. Elijah, Elijah, for him to go down by the brook and to trust that God was going to feed him. Now, there's one thing when, when, when you're saying, I, I'm believing for my meal today, and then you get to supper and there's no food on the table. And you're going, well, Okay, God. But if like you're, there's a famine in the land and there's no food anywhere, and the Holy Spirit says to you, tell you what, go down to Beldenville. Go down by, what's the, what's the creek that runs down by Beldenville? The Trimble. Go down by the Trimble River. Trimbell. Trimbell River. Go down there. I'm going to feed you because the, the birds are going to bring you roadkill. It takes a special kind of faith to go do that. Amen. It takes a special, that's, that's above and beyond. Because you have to go, I, I don't know how this works, but I'm going to trust that God's got this under control. In the New Testament, where do we see a special kind of faith happening? Well, one of them, the, the most evident to me, is Jesus in the back of the boat. They're out on, the, out on the sea. They're out on the Sea of Galilee, and a storm comes up. And it's a bad storm. It's a bad one. I mean, so bad that the regular, everyday fisherman sales guy, you know, sailors, you know, they're freaking out. They're yelling, Jesus! Jesus! Don't you care? Don't care what? Don't care. And he's sleeping. He's taking a nap in the back of the boat. Don't you care that we're all going to die? Well, apparently he didn't. <laughs> Why? Because he knew. He knew what? He knew that wasn't his day. He knew that wasn't his day. He knew that it wasn't his day, so whatever was about to happen, he wasn't going to die. He knew that was... But that takes a special kind of faith that in that moment... When everything tells you you're going to die, and especially the experts, when the experts are saying you're going to die, and you go, mm, no, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die that way. I'm not going to die today. Why? Because everything God's told me that I'm going to do in my life hasn't happened yet. We can have that same kind of, but that's a special faith. It's not something you work up. Because in the moment, in the moment, all you want to do is fear. That's out of Mark chapter 4. I'm kind of skipping over reading all the scriptures, just telling the stories. By the special kind of faith, the patriarchs, patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Have you ever read the stories where they laid hands on their children and spoke over them? Now, that's, that's a, a knowledge. It could be a word of knowledge. It it's also could be uh, a word of wisdom. He told them to lay hands on their children and to pray for them. But it's a special kind of faith that believes that the words they're about to speak will be fulfilled. I mean, some of them, even hundreds of years down the line, in, their fa in the, these children's families' history, it's by faith. When you read about in Hebrews 11, it's by faith that they believed this. It's by, by faith that they did that. It's by faith. It was a special kind of faith. It was, a, it was something that you don't work up in yourself. It's something that God puts inside of you and takes you well beyond what you could do in your own ability. I've told this story so many times, but it's a good story. It's, it's a powerful story. Debbie was pregnant 
She had preeclampsia. We took her to the hospital. Ethan was delivered that day. But for three days, she was in, a, in an induced coma. It wasn't really a coma, but it was, they slowed everything down because her, her, her uh, uh, kidneys and everything weren't working, and her kidneys weren't working. The doctor told me that morning, the, sec- the f- second morning we were there, he said, if her kidneys don't start working in, a, in, any, in any moment now, she's going to die, just so you know. I mean, he did it as gently as he possibly could, but he told me the truth. He says, we've done everything we can do, but she's going to die. And up to that point, excuse me, I was very anxious. I was very, I'll just be honest with you. I was anxious. I was praying like crazy, and I was believing God. God, and I was speaking as much faith. I was saying she will live and not die. That's all I could say. But I was anxious. I'm telling you, I just, everything in me was just, because I love her. I don't want her to die. And I'm just, ugh. And that morning he walks out, and I'm laying there. They had a cot in there in the room for me. I'm laying in the room, and I'm laying there, and I finally said, you know, here's the deal, Lord. I can't do this. I can't fix it. I've done everything I know to do. I've prayed and everything else. And in that moment, peace came over me. Peace. And it's, it's that unexplainable peace. I still loved her. I still wanted her to live. I still, and all of a sudden it was just like, this is taken care of. The supernatural faith is that moment when you go from, I'm believing, because I believe she could be healed. That wasn't, that wasn't my question. I know what the Word says. I'm convinced of it. I've seen healings. I've seen instantaneous healings. I've seen a long-range healings. I've seen, well, I've seen everything in between. I've seen this stuff. And so I, it isn't that I didn't have faith that God could or would and has. I mean, I'm believing he, he has, but inside I'm still, oh, still a mess. But it was in that moment that that supernatural faith kicked in. And it was like, he's got this. So I went and took a shower. Why? Because I needed to take a shower. I could re- <laughs> I won't repeat that one. She said, "You stinketh." Yes. I didith. I didith stinketh. But it's just like supernatural. Then I took the rest of the story for those who haven't heard it. I go out and take a shower. I come back and the nurse is working next to the bed and I said, "Is everything okay?" And she goes, "Everything okay?" Yes. And I said, "Did she start to flow? You know, I mean, did, you know, the, the kidneys kicking?" She goes, "This is the fourth bag I've emptied in the last 10 minutes." supernatural faith i you know i had believed up to that point and then all of a sudden something kicked in something different kicked in ethan was born ethan went through six months whatever it was of of uh, we had had him on a monitor five months in a monitor whatever he was on a monitor carrying him around and blah 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 he's growing up well then we take him in for a well baby visit and they're doing a well baby visit, and they're, they're checking him all over, and does he have you know, hearing sight, you know, preemies, they were, they were nervous about that. And the doctor puts the, the stethoscope on his chest and goes, hmm. I don't like it when doctors go, hmm. 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 Come back next week. Can you come back next week? Sure, what's up? Nah, just, just come back next week. I, I want to check something again. So he came back the next week, got, sat down, He's checking him all over. Hmm. Here's the deal. He says, I hear something. He says, he says if I were to describe it to you, it sounds like a whooshing sound. You know, instead of hearing, he says, I'm hearing, don't whoosh, don't whoosh, don't whoosh. I said, what does that mean? He goes, well, it could mean there's a hole in his heart. He says that preemies, you know, they're not fully developed when they're born, and they're, many times they'll have a hole in their heart. I said, what does that mean? He goes, well, sometimes they close up on their own. Sometimes you have to do surgery. He says, come back in a period of time. I don't remember what it was. The next period of time. We came back in the next period of time, and he goes, yep. He said, it isn't gone. It's still making that noise. And I said, well, how long, what, what, how long do we have here before we have to do something? He goes, well... I don't want to rush into it, but he says, I just want to, can you come back in another set amount of time? So he came back in a set amount. And that time, when he came, he had an intern with him. He goes, I want you to hear this. He said, this is a classic case, and there's a hole in his, in his heart. And it's going, duh, whoosh, duh, whoosh, duh, whoosh, duh, whoosh. And the intern goes, oh, because, you know, I mean, that's how, do you, how else do you know it? How do you, else do you hear it? He goes, yeah, he says, there's a hole. I don't know how big it is, but there's a hole in his heart. 
And they said, can you come back in a set amount of time? We go, okay. You know, and, and every time you go as a parent, you're going, Wah! and you pray. You pray. God, heal. I know you can heal them. I know. Lay hands on them. You speak over them. And hoping the next time you go back to the doctor, it's gone. And that came back in that set amount of time. Now it was the doctor, his intern, and what, four or five other, other interns? He said, I want you all to hear this. And they do whoosh, do whoosh, do whoosh. And it's like, he goes, this is, he says, it's not going away. We, we need to now take the next step. And I said, what's the next step? He says, I want you to go see a specialist. And, I said, and he goes, the specialist will decide when we do the surgery. It's like, okay. My heart. And it was at that point where I just started saying, God, I know you love him more than I love him. I know your word says you heal. I know, I know that you are more than able and you already have. At the cross, you did everything that needed to be done for him to be healed. And I'm standing, and I started speaking. I said, in Jesus' name, he will be healed, he will live, and he will not die. Amen. Began to speak that over him every day, because I think it was a month before we had to go back and meet the specialist. So we'd, every day, in the name of Jesus, you, will be, you, are, you are healed, and you will live, and you will not, and you will not, be def, you know, you'll not have problems forever, because they're telling you, oh, well, it could be this, we could be that, blah, 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 blah. And I don't know at what point in there, as I prayed, because I had faith, but I still had that, ugh, where your stomach just turns. I don't know at what point, but at some point, one day, all of a sudden, peace. Something happened. Something changed. And it wasn't any longer. And I could just, then I, when I could say, you're going to live and not die. You're healed. You're a healed kid. Hey, healed kid, how you doing? And just all of a sudden, it was just, I had peace. There was, a, there was a faith above and beyond. And that's what Brother Kenneth Hagin says. He goes, there's a point where, where you, you start out in regular faith. And then you get kind of get to the end of your regular faith, and God takes it to the next level. That's supernatural faith. The gift of faith is, it isn't like we just relinquish our, our responsibility to walk in faith. We do, having done all to stand, stand therefore. We went back to go see the specialist, and we were running a little late. That was my fault. Whenever we're running late, it's my fault. So I drop Deb off at the front door, and I have to go park the car, and I'm having trouble parking the car, and I'm just get out of the, and I'm, I get out of the car, and I'm starting to walk back, and she calls me, and she goes, uh, hey, she goes, go ahead and pick me up at the front door. And I was like, what, did we miss the appointment? She goes, no, she goes, I saw the, I saw the specialist. I said, you saw the specialist already? And he, she goes, yeah, I already talked to him, and he checked him over and said, go ahead and go home. I was like, what? And I pick her up at the front door, and I said, what's the deal? And she goes, he listened to everything. And he goes, why is he here? There's no noise. He said, there's, there, there, there's nothing wrong. Nothing. I was like, okay, whoa, wait a second. So he's saying it's gone. He goes, she goes, yeah. He's going, this kid's completely healthy. There's nothing wrong with him whatsoever. God heals. God miraculously heals. And if, you know, why did we have to go through from that point all the way to we saw the you know, months of, you know, ugh, why? Because it's documented. That, that, it doesn't just change like that. It doesn't just heal up overnight. Now they can probably explain that it does. I know what happened. Our God heals every time. Nathaniel. Offering. I, ha I just wrote down a few, a few things that came to me this morning. In every area of life where we put God first, blessing follows. Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Another point, making him the center, putting him first, causes everything else to fall into place. Everything fits when we put him first in our time, in our relationships, in our money. Um... Ecclesiastes chapter 11 says, you know, and we can't wait for everything to, to be perfect before we, before we give, before, before we start obeying God, before we start using, 
using our faith, things are not going to be perfect. Ecclesiastes 11 says, he who observes the wind will not sow, he who regards the clouds will not reap. Luke chapter 16. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Jesus goes on to say you cannot serve God and, and mammon or money. So money is the least with which we are charged to be faithful, and it's the entry-level test for faithfulness in the kingdom of God. He starts with the money test, and then, he t- and then when we pass, he takes us on to to bigger things and trusts us with more things. And the beginning part of that is is tithing, where we return to him what belongs to him. And, um, and by doing so, we acknowledge that he's the Lord and we're his steward. And then everything else beyond that is, is blessed. The 90% goes farther than the 100% would have on our own. So, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for being so good to us. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning and great is your faithfulness. Thank you for for blessing this congregation, for guiding us, for giving us direction, and for protecting and, and keeping us, and blessing and multiplying every gift today for your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen.